Hi, this is George. I'm going to read you my story, That Infernal Forest, by George Brown. On the last day, Carmen fished the waters off her small village. She was happy with her catch. The market for her harvest had been closed for months due to the pending fascist invasion. But Carmen had other plans for the ocean mackerel perch and things she couldn't identify. When she moored and hauled her wicker basket of fresh fish onto the main street in town, she noticed the amount of traffic coming through was getting larger. The main street led out of town going south along the bay coast. The road cuts across a small isthmus that forms the south side of the bay. There it winds along the oceanic coast. On the left of the road lies that infernal forest. While growing up, Carmen was always afraid to enter there. The men and older boys would enter the woods and come out with disgusting dead animals. Girls were always warned that something bad happened to them inside the forest. Although it was immense, the forest between Carmen's country and their neighboring country was never given a name. The ever-increasing flow of people from the valley north of town mixed with the town folks already evacuating suddenly seemed tenfold. The little harbor wasn't deep enough to accommodate warships, and that is why they haven't been attacked that way. To Carmen, this route only made sense because there was no other way to go. Over 300,000 citizens of the area would have to flee this way. Carmen was just about to finish her preparations to evacuate. She would chop, salt, and wrap the fish to have to eat on their journey. As she made her way along the wide cobblestone avenue, she paused to speak with an old acquaintance she once worked for. Did you notice the cannons have silenced last night? A frightened deserter told us that the valley defenses were pulverized. That was the heavy artillery the fascists brought in. Expect 10,000 fascist soldiers to come pouring in here in about 24 hours. With news of this new horror, Carmen turned for home with a renewed passion for getting her family ready, although she knew she would wait for her husband to the last minute. Her husband and all the other men of the town were called in to fight the fascists. They haven't been heard from since. As she approached her family's little shack with the wagon in front and the donkey out back, Carmen thought she had everything organized and straightforward when she reached for the doorknob. As she thought she'd let her children sleep a little longer, all at once she heard a shrill whistling noise coming from the sky. As she desperately pulled on the front door, only a few feet away from where her children lay, the sound became deafening. All at once, Carmen felt a heavy blow to her whole body. She saw a blast of colors like a rainbow, but with chunks of sand, concrete, and blood all coming at her face at miles per hour. She landed on her backside and could hear nothing at first. It was a few moments before she came to her senses. All at once her hearing returned. All she heard was the gut-wrenching cries of hundreds of people who were reacting to the first bomb to hit the town. The main road was littered with dead people and animals. Worse were the people and animals that weren't dead, but might as well be. The whole area looked as though a butcher threw all his wares onto the street. 
Carmen's senses were starting to return. She ached all over. Her head was bleeding. She was naked. Her children. Carmen looked down into her hands. She held the doorknob of her house in her hand that still... And when she looked over to where she lived, it wasn't there. The deep down panic was building in her, inside her as she tried to get to her feet. As she stumbled up to her home, Carmen saw the ultimate truth in her life. Her children were gone. She screamed, not from her mouth, but from deep with whatever, deep inside, whatever made her human. Carmen didn't want to live anymore. She knelt naked and uncaring in front of the family rubble. Physical pain from her various wounds did not compare to the nightmarish pain that was tugging inside her. While prone in the rubble heat that used to be her world, Carmen heard, heard a, work, a welcome sound. That shrill noise from the sky was coming back to finish the job, she hoped. As the shrill got louder, Carmen braced for the end. For a mere second, felt me, relief from her pain. Just for a second, she thought of joining her children in the afterlife. That gave her great joy, and she thanked God profusely. That was when she heard it. Little baby boy was still alive. His feeble, raspy crying could be heard through the mess where the kitchen used to stand. She hurriedly dug him out of that mess. The bomb hit. Again, Carmen was blown through the air with a half ton of shattered pieces of her town and townsfolk. This bomb landed on the church in the next block. That seemed to be what they were aiming for all along. While the ground shook violently and the screams all around her intensified, Carmen managed to painfully get to her feet, clutch her child to her bosom, and start running blindly toward the outskirts of town. She wasn't alone. Several thousand people were now running wildly in the general direction of the Bay Road. The only, eight, the only way out besides that infernal forest. People had been coming from communities all along the lower valley for many days now. Added to this, the high mountain families that were now coming down in mass were adding to the growing pub panic. The old men and young boys from the upper mountain area didn't evacuate. They were always a bullheaded bunch anyway. Carmen didn't want to die now. She still had a child to care for. All wasn't lost yet. As she ran along the, with the desperate throng, her one thought was safety. Something popped in her head. She was starting to think a little more rational now. The bay is shallow, and that's what's keeping the fascists out of our area initially. But the road cuts through a thick piece of woods that juts out into the ocean. After that, it runs along the beach several kilometers. Surely the invaders can easily bomb and land troops in this area. At that thought, Carmen immediately bolted head first off the crowded road and ran headlong into that internal forest with no name. She didn't know what to expect. She was, also, she was always fearful what she would encounter in the woods, but she had no such feelings now. Nothing in the woods could possibly be as horrific as the civilization that she was experiencing. It was slow going at first. She couldn't find a trail. Every footstep added more pain, bumps, and scratches to her already unrecognizable body. Her clothes had been blown off, but she had no concern about that. She and her baby were alive. 
After a long time, Carmen's exhaustion and physical pain sapped what strength she had left, and she collapsed to her knees in a curious little clearing. It was a rare natural separation of fauna in a thick forest. It was perfectly suitable to stop and rest for a while while moving on to who knows where. Carmen fell asleep right there as she knelt, her baby in her arms. She was so tired, she was scared. Her little nap lasted into the night. When she awoke, she heard no more cannons or pitiful prayer, only silence. No, not silence. A soft, barely audible tune, tune seems to be coming from the bushes and bramble around her. All at once, she was startled when someone came crashing through the thick brush in her direction. It was a woman also carrying a child. She was black. Her naked body was scarred and scratched up much like Carmen's, except she has a piece of rope tied securely around her neck. Her eyes were bulging out of her head, and Carmen couldn't see how she was breathing. She knelt down in the clearing just in front of Carmen. Just as she did, another woman came into the circle, a young Asian woman, also with a baby in her arms. Like the other women, she was naked and covered head to toe with the same marks of abuse as the others. She knelt down with the other women. No one spoke. Carmen did wonder where these women came from, for she had never even seen a Negro or an Asian before. They couldn't possibly be from this region or even this continent, she thought. She didn't much care. She was safe now with these women who obviously feel her pain, the pain. The pain was getting stronger now that Carmen had time to think. Carmen didn't want to think. All she wanted to do was pray. She held her head to the sky and began to hum along with the soft melody that they can all plainly hear. The other two women joined in and for a good time, a good long time, the praying and humming reached such a, such a crescendo that they all felt comfort. With that comfort came the salvation that they coveted. Their children were dead. The women were dead. They died before they could give their children grievance. They were given one last chance to do just that, the end.